Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Man in Sports. My name is Casey Wright, and no, this is not a coffee talk today. We are back in our coffee talk setting, but we are not doing a coffee talk here. Now, we've decided after a lot of debate to not do the actual shows and episodes here in uh, the other studio over there to the right. We just thought it was a little awkward and it was a little uncomfortable, a little tight space over there. So we like this space being our general area now for Just A Man Sports. So obviously one will be a coffee talk, one will not. Today will be episode number three of the normal episodes and shows of Just A Man Sports. To my left, I have Mr. Max Butt today. How you doing, Max? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on. It feels good to be back. I know. For those who have been following Just A Man Sports for a while, Max Butt has been on the show show a lot actually yeah. there was there's a period of time where max came on you know when we were on the air you know back to back months weeks i mean you were on almost every friday no yeah we had a great run and it's every time we get on the mic together i feel like we have good chemistry and i'm i'm happy to be back max was also my ufc and boxing insider just like sam lafontaine was uh sam lafontaine obviously wants to come back on the show as so does nick santucci all those guys who were on the left last coffee talk which got a ton of views, so we really, really appreciate all the support. Before we get the show started, uh, we'd like to remind you that Just a Man Sports is, is brought to you by Enigmatic Entertainment, producing entertainment both in the Orlando area and the entire East Coast. For more information, go on their website at engmtc.co or any social media platform at engmtcent. They just had their concert downtown. Apparently, it was almost a sellout. They were like 20 people short of a sellout, which was fantastic. They're killing it. They're going to continue to do concerts, and we will continue to support them throughout and throughout. And they should have another one coming up soon. Uh, Wait for that announcement as well. We're still working out the logistics for them. We are also doing something very exciting here at Just a Minute Sports. We're doing a sneaker giveaway with A-Squared Sneakers. Alex Vigletti, one of my close friends. And here is my ex- uh, here is myself, excuse me, explaining how to enter. So what's up, guys? Obviously, uh, we are on the set of Just Minute Sports, and I just announced we're going to talk about the shoe giveaway. A Squared Sneakers is helping me give away a shoe out there to somebody on social media, and here is the shoe. But you can plus a little cameraman right now. Look at that. That is beautiful. Little off whites from Nike Zoom Flies with the phone logo on there. See through, clear. I mean, this shoe is absolutely stunning. I want it for myself, uh, but unfortunately, I cannot win this. But you can. How to win? Here's how to win. You go on Instagram, you follow A Squared Sneakers. If you can't find them, go to Just a Man in Sports first. Go to uh, who we're following, type in A Squared Sneakers, you'll find them. Second thing, well, if you're going to go to Just a Man in Sports and follow them, follow us as well. Go follow Just a Man in Sports on Instagram. Thirdly, you are going to find the post that is related to these sneakers on A Squared Sneakers and Justin Man in Sports. You must be liking that those posts. We will check if you like those posts and follow both of, both of us. You will have a chance to win these sneakers right here. And this is not the one and only time we're going to be doing this. So keep an eye out. Keep going because you never know. You may win. Back to the show, Casey. So today in sports history, let's start things off February 5th. In 1989, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became the first NBA player to score 38,000 points. And this is significant nowadays, Pup, because I think LeBron is kind of kind of closing in on all those people now. Oh, It's absolutely. going to take him a little bit. Though. It's going to take him a little bit, but at the, if he can maintain... The, the question with LeBron now is a guy who depends so much on his physicality. Can he maintain his body? 
as he gets older and naturally it starts to deteriorate a little bit. Yeah. And LeBron, by the way, has been in the spotlight lately. We'll get to a little bit why and recently what's been going on at the sports world. Obviously, we haven't really made a statement on everything. That'll be our first topic today, so stay tuned. And after the Super Bowl this weekend, we will talk about that later on as well. The halftime show caused a buzz, Shakira and J-Lo. Some are saying one of the greatest halftime shows of all time. I disagree, but because in 2012 on February 5th, it was Flava Flav and Elton John. Yeah, no, there there have been some great ones through the years. I thought I would give this one like a like a B minus. A B I didn't think I didn't think it was special, but I thought it was solid. I mean, J-Lo I thought it was Shakira. good. Yeah, it was good. Two legendary performers, right? And it fits the kind of Miami vibe I think they were and going for. Some people were saying even Shakira was the secondary act. Oh yeah, J Lo, and I don't think that's true. Well. In my opinion, I, th- I thought it was going to be more of like a... I, d- I wasn't aware of like how many songs they had together. Yeah. So it was kind of an interesting mix, I guess, yeah. between the two. Yeah. But I thought they were both solid. I think they were really good. But Flava Flav and Elton John, that was actually Super Bowl forty two when the Giants upset the Patriots for the second time in four years. Just had to throw that out there. That was today in sports history. That wasn't a plug for the New York Giants. So let's get to our first topic, Put And obviously, the devastating news in the last weeks and months have been with Kobe Bryant passing away in a horrific helicopter crash in Los Angeles and Calabasas, California. And the reaction to the world was phenomenal. People have decided to come together and just agree at this point that Kobe Bryant was a very significant person in history, not just in sports history, but you know, in a general vicinity of our entire generation. I mean, this guy was someone everybody looked up to. And he was just starting to enter the phase of his life where he was becoming an inspiration off the court. And he was gaining ground off the basketball court, not as a basketball player anymore. And I think that's what hurt more was, and I believe Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson all said it, and I'm sure many people said this too, he was just starting his new phase of life and he had so much more to give back to the community, back to the NBA community, back to people and the Mamba mentality that came out when we were kids, I mean, Pud and I grew up in a generation where Kobe was in his prime, LeBron just came in, and I still believe, and I don't know how you feel about this, but Kobe Bryant was at least our generation's greatest player of all time. No, I couldn't agree more, and I yeah. think you hit it on the head as far as not only his on-the-court impact, but off-the-court as well, and he was really becoming kind of that second phase of his life, his his retirement, staying active in both the community and as a, as the man of the house. So it's really, it's just a tragic situation. And like you said, I mean, I know LeBron and he's kind of, he's on his path to greatness and all that. But as a kid, I remember Kobe Bryant. I mean, I had Kobe Bryant sneakers. Everyone, you know, everyone yells at Kobe, whether it's picking up to, the baseball. To me, the, to me the, the Mamba sneakers, the snake skin sort of uh, texture and the look, I love, I had many Kobe Bryant oh, sneakers. absolutely. I mean, his sneakers are some of the most iconic. I mean, right there behind Michael Jordan, I would say. I think so, too. Kobe sneakers. And then, like you touched on there, his off-the-court impact. I mean, I believe he won an Oscar. He just did, for, just did, yeah. Right, so, I mean, it's just really incredible, all the things he was able to accomplish. But at the same time, it's tragic to see, as he was beginning that second phase, of his career to have him pass away. And of course the life of his daughter and the other uh, seven members on board. It's just a really, 
just a travesty to not only the sports community, but I think we were able to see the, the worldwide impact he had with all of the people that responded and sent out their condolences. Yeah, and I think the NBA and every other sports took this incredibly well. This happened during the Pro Bowl, and I think that was probably one of the hardest things to even go through. The broadcasters in the beginning, beginning of it on ESPN were at a loss for words. And that just goes to show what an impact Kobe Bryant had on this generation. And obviously, we express our condolences out to the seven other families, seven other people lost, and their families as well. And obviously, heartbreaking that Kobe Bryant's daughter was also on that fright. Gianna, who had a bright future, but they're both together in heaven now. And, you know, I think the hardest part for me was, and, you know, I talked about this actually on another radio show, was that the night before, LeBron James had just passed Kobe on the point scoring list. And for those who don't know NBA and don't understand breaking records or passing people on scoring lists, which most of my listeners do. The scoring list is the all end all list to be on. You can win championships, but being on that scoring list with some of the greatest names in NBA history, passing them is incredible. And LeBron James, obviously we could have expected that was going to happen this year. Everybody knew it was coming. Kobe knew it was coming, but Kobe cheered him on when he beat him. He tweeted at him. There was a lot of respect, a lot of mutual respect between those two. When you're both great at something, you want to compete against them to only get better. And, you know, we saw it through the generations. We had Michael Jordan, you know, coming in the era from Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Then we had Michael Jordan and Kobe. Then we had Kobe and LeBron. Now LeBron, you know, I guess it's LeBron and KD, I guess you can say right. there. So there's there's a road that gets diverged between all these legendary players in the NBA and when you can argue of who was the best in each time, Kobe Bryant was the best in his prime of generation. Because I'll tell you what, when LeBron James showed up in this league, we were young, but we still would always go towards Kobe. I always knew Kobe was the legendary player. I mean, the way I like to look at it is sort of like a Drew Brees and Tom Brady situation where Drew Brees was a little bit after Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, to me, is still the GOAT. But Drew Brees has a ton of records. And I think it's sort of the same now. Obviously, we're not, Putt and I are not going to get into a debate on who's the greatest of all time, which at this point seems silly after something, a tragedy like this happens. But I do believe that Kobe Bryant was that much of an impact on society that the night before, LeBron James, who he gets compared to probably almost every day, passed his scoring record uh, on the all-time scoring list. And I think, Putt, that made it just that much harder to see it happen. Right, and that just kind of goes to show, embody him as a person. I mean, he, he was showing gratitude. He, I mean, we remember him for the mama mentality and the competitiveness, but he also was able to show the other side of him, the more compassionate one. And even, like you said, he'll be compared to LeBron forever. I mean, they're, they're among the top, I would say, three greatest players in NBA history. So, But to him to go out of his way to congratulate a friend of his for beating his record just kind of goes to show the kind of, the person that he was aside from just being the player he was yeah. as well. I mean, he was an incredible individual and obviously Putt and I once again express our condolences to all the family members and all those people affected by this tragedy. It's really hard to see any of this happen in the future moving forward, especially to one of the greatest. Moving on to topic two, we will obviously talk a little bit Super Bowl review. Uh, this was a great Super Bowl putt and 
you know, one of the one of the best ones we've seen in the last five, ten years, I would say. This was a close game. I think people were kind of just relieved, and this isn't a diss at Patriot fans, but I think people were relieved to see two very distinguished new teams in the Super Bowl. I mean, San Francisco, the last time they were in it was with Colin Kaepernick versus Ray Lewis in the at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome when the lights went out. And that was a win, obviously, for Baltimore. But that was a completely different San Francisco 49ers team. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs, who have been gnawing their way into playoffs for the last, I would say, four or five years. Even with Alex Smith back in the day, they were into playoffs. But then they get a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy as special as him, the former MVP, the former young guy, the gunslinger, whatever you want to call him. And this game was up in the air. Going into this game, obviously, the two schools of thought people were thinking about You have the 49ers defense. You have a traditional team, a very good defense, and an offense that can produce. And then you just have, on the Kansas City side, you have an explosive offense. Just an explosive offense that can score touchdowns in two minutes. I mean, they've done it in the playoffs. They had come back from every single game in the playoffs. And we'll talk about in a second how they did it once again in the most important game of the year. Moving this aside, going into this game, Putt, we talked a lot about Whoever strikes first, whoever gets up early, is going to have the momentum. But it wasn't until we saw the third quarter. We went in the half, it was tied, 10-10. Going into that second half, going into the third quarter, do you think the 49ers played it too safe at the end of the first half? Because that's what a lot of people are saying. They're saying the 49ers should have known that Kansas City was going to come into this game and play their heart out in the last two quarters from a team that's come back in all of these games. Do you think the 49ers kind of blew it by getting a little... Lack, lackadaisical in the first half. Yeah, totally. I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, look, he had the blown lead before. I think he was out there playing not to lose. One of my favorite coaches, Doug Peterson, one of his signature moments on the Eagles' playoff run to win their first Super Bowl was against the Atlanta Falcons right before the half. They couldn't really get any offense going, but right before the half, with just over a minute to go, he opted to try and score down the field or go down the field and score and they end up getting a field goal which gave them momentum into the second half and ultimately led to them winning the game. So it may seem like a little thing and yes they were tied, but like you mentioned, the Chiefs, they can score in two minutes. I mean, they virtually have a track team out there on the offensive side of the ball. So I just think overall, Kyle Shanahan, he's gonna take a lot of heat, but I think if you were to ask him, for three and a half quarters, I think the 49ers played it exactly how they wanted to. I mean they, they pounded the run. Nick Bosa was all over the quarterback, and they were able to limit uh, Patrick Mahomes offensively. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan once again got away from what got him the lead, running the football. He put the ball in Jimmy G's hands, and they weren't able to capitalize. Yeah, and I think Putt nailed it on, in the head. The first half, obviously, was a defensive half. I mean, 10 points to me for both teams, a 20-point score line that was supposed to go over 54. It was a defensive first half. But like I said, everybody knew coming out in the second half that this was going to happen. I mean, everybody understood at that point that Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes, this was a team that was going to fight. They were going to battle their way back in the game, took till the fourth quarter. They did it. And I think at the end of the day, you look at these two teams and how evenly matched they actually were. But I think Garoppolo and that offense just... I think they struggled their way in the postseason. They looked a lot more confident in the regular season, they were beating teams by a large margin, and they just didn't do that in the postseason. I, I didn't see that explosive offense, besides for Mostert from for 49ers. I think he was the only one in this playoffs. He had a monster championship game. But besides that, Garoppolo barely threw in the NFC Championship. 
Garoppolo was getting pressured a lot by that front four for Kansas City. And they're good, but they're not what the San Francisco 49ers had. All in all, the Kansas City Chiefs won 31-20. to Fantastic Super Bowl game. Andy Reid thankfully finally got a Super Bowl. He's well-deserving. Putt, being an Eagles fan, knows that this man definitely deserved a Super Bowl after numerous years in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, he's young. He's early in his career. This is only going to make him hungry for more. I think Kansas City comes back next year at just as strong as they are now, willing they keep all their players. San Francisco, I think they got some work to do. I think that Garoppolo's got to go in this this offseason and get angry. And I think Shanahan got a taste of what it's like to fail in the Super Bowl. Now, this is the second time Shanahan has lost the Super Bowl, by the way. He was on a different coaching staff the last time. And I think with the 49ers, their defense, if that nucleus stays, that front four stays, because that is a very good front four, they'll be back in the playoffs next year, and this won't even be a discussion. But the 49ers definitely need to look for more options offensively. Mostert, got undrafted guy that's gotten cut multiple times, wanted a chance, got it. You can rely on him so much, but he's not always going to have those clutch games. And I think that's where the 49ers lacked. So now looking towards next year, we can talk about this very briefly before we get into our last topic of the day. You look at the NFL in 2020, coming up in 2021, it's going to be an exciting year. Lamar Jackson's back. Patrick Mahomes is back. Dallas is going to have a new coach. Philadelphia is going to come back probably a lot stronger. We have all those teams that failed in this postseason. Tennessee Titans may come back next year. Where did they come from this this postseason? We didn't even know that was going to happen. They made a great run. The NFL is becoming questionable. Tom Brady and the Patriots, Tom Brady may be coming back after everybody saw that commercial, but they will not be the Patriots they were. So looking towards 2021, it's exciting. If you could pick, and we always do this, this is called the way too early predictions. If you can pick the two top two top teams, NFC, AFC, that will be in Super Bowl 55, I believe. That was 54. Right. Who are they going to be? All right. Well, the AFC side, this is going to be a lot of people's pick, but I'm going to have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs as favorites to make it back to the Super Bowl. I mean, their window now to win a championship is as wide as Patrick Mahomes' career lasts. So you're saying dynasty could be. I'm saying it could be a dynasty. Now, there are going to be some challenges. They're going to have to pay him in excess of $40 million a year. It's going to be the biggest contract in NFL history. Oh, yeah. And ultimately, when he doesn't have some of these pieces around him, because they were able to go get guys like Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman. And part of the reason they were able to get these guys was because he was on that rookie deal. Yeah. They could afford to spend pretty much freely on the rest of the team and some of those defensive pieces as well. Tyron Matthew had a big impact. But overall, the Chiefs, Great head coach, great front office, and great quarterback. I think that's a formula to set up a dynasty for years to come. On the NFC side, I'm going to go with a little bit of a homer pick here, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman, he's going to get in there. He's going to get the, have a... Now, Howie Roseman, when you think of him, you probably think he's a solid GM. He's made some good trades, and I, I agree as well. But his biggest weakness is definitely the NFL draft. He has had some serious misses, especially in the first round, so... They need to go get, I would love to see him get an Alabama wide receiver potentially mm-hmm. in that first round or maybe one of the LSU ones and put the put the weapons around Carson Wentz because I believe Carson Wentz is a Patrick Mahomes type of player. A perennial MVP, athletic, big arm, can make the plays out of the pocket. So 
If the Eagles can put the weapons around him, I think there's no doubt they can be in Super Bowl 55. Yeah, for me, it's tough because I want to say Kansas City, but I'm such a Lamar Jackson fan, and I was such a Baltimore fan this year, honestly, that I'm going to go with the Ravens. I think they come back knowing what it's going to take in the postseason to try to win and get to the Super Bowl. I think that they have a very good defense. They have a very good offense. I think they had to go through these growing pains. They'll come back stronger. And they just need to go on a run. At the end of the day, it's about having a good regular season and taking it on a run. The Giants did that twice, and that's why they have two, four Super Bowls now after winning the last two. But Ravens in the AFC. In the NFC, it's tough because I'll go back to the 49ers, but I also still really like the New Orleans Saints. I mean, they have been just denied from making the playoffs further than they, you know, have you know, done. I mean, it's been two years in a row where the plays and the calls just haven't gone their way. Drew Brees is on the back end of his career. I really hope he doesn't retire yet. I want him to win one more before he leaves because who knows what's going to happen to that team after he's gone. Now, Teddy Bridgewater did a great job filling in for him in the season, so much so that they made the playoffs. So I think that Drew Brees is going to come back next year in a Tom Brady mindset where he has to win and he wants to win. And I think that that is going to be probably one of the most important things for New Orleans coming into training camp, going into OTAs, coming back this year, getting to the playoffs, and saying we have to take this. Because the NFC is getting harder. Like you said, Philadelphia may come back good. Dallas without Jason Garrett. We have no idea what Dallas is like without Jason Garrett. We won't know. They hired a good coach. We'll see what happens. But if I had to pick right now, we're going to talk about I'm going to say the Saints and the Ravens. I think that'd be a heck of a Super Bowl, and I think moving forward, that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to move to our, uh, before we get to our last topic, we'd like to remind you that Just a Minute Sports is brought to you by Enigmatic Entertainment, the next generation of fashion, music, film, and entertainment media on social media at Enigmatic Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also check out their website for the latest news on featured artists, events, and apparel at engmtc.co. Topic number three is sort of why Putt is here today. There's a big fight coming up on February 22nd. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, two guys that are undefeated. It's always an incredible matchup. And after that McGregor fight, and I know you probably would have wanted to talk about that, but it's a little bit far back. What are you thinking about this? Well, this one's interesting. So it's actually a rematch. And in the first fight, both fighters undefeated. Tyson Fury is the lineal champ and Deontay Wilder, the WBC champ. It went the 12 rounds, and a lot of people thought Tyson Fury won the fight. But I'm sure you saw this highlight all over the internet. In the last round, Deontay Wilder hit a bomb of a left hand on Tyson Fury and dropped him. And Tyson Fury beat the 10 count by one second and wow. was able to get back up. Wow. They ultimately ruled it a draw. You know, boxing, it's it's pretty corrupt. Yeah. You know, there's some sketchy stuff, and the money is always in the rematch. Yeah. So they ended up calling it a draw, which... I think Tyson Fury should have gotten the nod, but hey, we get to see it a second time. And the question for this one, first of all, regardless of whether or not you're a boxing fan, this is one you want to tune in and see. Yeah, yeah. Deontay Wilder, I mean, his style, it looks, I mean, his hands are down here. He has a wide stance. Yeah. He basically swings for the fences. I mean, he looks more like a guy you'd see in a bar than, yeah. a, than your traditional like Floyd Mayweather, yeah. Philly shell yeah. kind of defense. So he's always fun to watch. He can end the fight at any moment and then Tyson Fury you're gonna see him and people are gonna see him and he does not look like your typical boxer no, he, he no looks way. like a guy who may not even work out I yeah. mean he's a couple years removed from being an alcoholic he's had an incredible recovery to lose all the weight off and get back to championship caliber boxing and the way he moves for someone that's 
over six seven, you know, close to two hundred sixty pounds, and he moves like a, a welterweight fighter. I mean, his his ability to duck and weave and kind of maintain his distance is what's going to be the key if he's going to take this rematch. Yeah, and I think the whole process of boxing and MMA all comes down to the first what two four rounds. You're going to see how they how they end up. Obviously, if it goes further in the rounds. Then you start to see who's tired, where's the stamina, where's the fatigue, where are they getting, what's weak on the play. And the McGregor and, and Cowboy fight was nuts because we didn't get to see anything. I like boxing because boxing t- nowadays tends to go further. Not that many t- TKOs in boxing because there's so much technology, right. there's so much strategy. People know what's coming. Back then, I mean, like I could be training a left hook and you I would have no idea. Right. And you wouldn't see it coming. And nowadays you have all this technology and, you know, McGregor got a knockout in, in MMA because he used his shoulder. We, I've never seen that before. No, have you neither. ever seen that before? No. I've never seen that before. So that was incredible. If you're going to put money on this, who do you take? Well, I actually think I am going to be putting some money on this fight. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to put some money on a Deontay Wilder knockout. And I'm going to put some money on another draw. And as crazy as that sounds... Like I said, there's more money in the rematch. And they know each other, though. Right. Yeah. And their their promoters have actually already signed a third fight. Okay. So regardless of the outcome of this fight, they're going to fight a third time. So regardless <laughs> of what happens... That's so different than MMA. Right. I mean, the, the sport of boxing is just a whole other parallel universe to, yeah, the, yeah. to the rest of the sports world. But the thing with Deontay Wilder is that, like I said, one-punch knockout power to the highest degree. All but two of his fights have ended in a knockout. And there are some concerns around Tyson Fury's training camp. He split up with his head trainer ahead of this fight. So yeah. they, they both say everything's okay, yeah. but you, you never see that ahead yeah. of a fight of this magnitude. Yeah. And ultimately what I think it's going to come down to is, although Wilder technically isn't the most refined boxer, Tyson Fury, he got out by the skin of his teeth last time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was literally one second from being called out and the fight being ended in the 12th round, but... The, the thing I think Wilder is going to change is that he's going to set up these shots a little better. He, he throws big kind of windmill looping like right hooks, which a, a traditional boxing coach would never teach you to do. But right. in this training camp, I've heard he's been working a lot more on setting up those big shots, getting Fury to react, and then throwing the big knockout right hand. Yeah, and I think I like those odds. So I'm going to, again, Putt is the master at this. And I will not be putting money on this because I'm not that knowledgeable in this. But I would take the same thing, okay? And I would do that just because of the unpredictability. And the only way that it ends is obviously by a knockout because these guys know each other so well. It will go those full rounds again. And unless those judges see anything else, it'll just be calling it the same thing. And then the third match, which may be sort of the reason they're doing this, will be make the most money and they'll do all that for So. You never know nowadays, especially after WWE coming out to the world telling us that it was fake. But February 22nd in Las Vegas, make sure to, to stay tuned for that. That's going to be one heck of a fight. So there's no rundown today, and I'll tell you why. It's because we took a lot of time with Kobe Bryant, and we really felt like that was more important today than doing the rundown. And we had to talk about that a little bit more because every topic is about five minutes. Kobe Bryant's went about 10, so we just want to make sure that people know that we're not taking out the rundown. We're just not doing it today because of the Kobe Bryant topic. And we're just going to go straight to team coach uh, and MVP of the week. I'll start because Putt probably has to think of them. Maybe you got some in your head. Team of the week for me, those Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. They've won 11 straight games. They are playing phenomenal. 
just when you write them out because they lose Kawhi Leonard, they're still winning in the East. We'll see them in the playoffs once again. Putt, do you have a team of the weekend? Yeah, I got one. And it's going to be the Miami Heat, and it's solely going to be because of the game I saw last night where they absolutely murdered my Philadelphia 76ers. (laughs) Jimmy Butler, for whatever reason, he just has that ability to flip the switch and get into that mindset where he takes over games. And that's something none of the members of that young Sixers team have the ability to do. And the Miami Heat, I mean, they have some pieces to make a run in the Eastern Conference. Uh, yeah. Bam, Adebayo, uh, and some of those other pieces as well. I think they That's could be a good. formidable team. Yep. Coach of the week for me, and it's basic. I'm sorry, but I think any time a coach has a 21-year career coaching drought ending in a Super Bowl title win, Andy Reid, 21 years that man had to wait before a Super Bowl title. That's pretty, pretty cool that he finally picked it up. Uh, do you got one? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the same one thing. as you there. He's an Eagles fan. That's fine. As an Eagles fan, see him come up short, NFC Championship times, game yeah. many times. You know, Andy Reid, one of the most beloved coaches in Eagles history. I was so happy to see him finally get it done when it mattered most. MVP of the week for me, when Zion Williamson debuted, he debuted in fashion. Drilled all the three-pointers he made. He's been playing well. He's my MVP of the week mainly because I just have enjoyed him starting his NBA career. I think he's got a long future ahead of him. And I hope he starts to pick up and, and get some eyes noticing him soon because next year I want him to come out and be one of the greatest players in the league right now it's tough but he'll get there yeah and for mvp of the week i'm gonna kind of go with a a foreshadowing here a guy this weekend is fighting by the name of john jones okay i'm sure some people have john bones jones yep absolutely john John bones jones is already in the conversation for the greatest mixed martial artist of all time but he realized a chance to continue to cement his status as the goat and this weekend he's taking on a guy who's undefeated by the name of dominic reyes who's a Who's surely a powerful guy, but John Jones is always a heavy favorite. And I think he's going to win this fight in uh, dramatic fashion. This might be his last fight at the light heavyweight weight division before moving up. So I'm kind of calling the MVP of the week here yeah. before the fact. But I think John Jones is going to win in tremendous fashion this weekend. That's a pretty good one. Well, Paul, thank you for joining me on the show today. No, absolutely. It felt great to be back. But, uh, by the way, just want to give a huge shout out to Pud because we have parlayed this show at least 12 times. And tonight was even going to be tough just because of our schedules. But I'm glad he made the trip out tonight. This show will be posted on February 5th. It is February 4th when we're recording this. So just the night before. It's like almost 10 o'clock already. And so we're going to get the show out to you sometime on February 5th. Go check out Enigmatic Entertainment on social media. Also, make sure to follow A Squared Sneakers, Just a Man in Sports, and like both of the posts associated with the giveaway. That is your chance entered into win the shoes that we showed you earlier in the show. That's really, really exciting. Um, also, huge shout out to Gervais Baseball. Gave me some gear today. I know the camera's off for this part. It stops recording at 20 minutes, but we'll probably in the in the sneakers thing we gave, we gave a shout out to him, so we we didn't leave him hanging. Also, make sure to go check out Just Man Sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our videos. And lastly, uh, but not least, go uh, go give a like and retweet to that Kobe Bryant tribute video I made. That would be really appreciated. It kind of took off on Twitter. It has total social media wide has almost four or 5,000 views now. So it's spreading the word. It's just trying to educate people on Kobe Bryant and telling them that this guy was bigger than basketball. For Max Pud here, my name is Casey Wright saying so long, everybody. Until next time, you've been listening to Just Demanded Sports.